0: and welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you are joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It is because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit FourPoints.org and select the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. Again, we are so excited to get ready to hear a powerful message from God's Word. Blessings to you. It is so good to be here with you guys. I am so excited. Uh, my family and I have been visiting here with you for several months. We were basically just going to stop by one Sunday and just cut to hear Mark and support him. And then we were just like, gosh, this is awesome. And we just started coming here with you. And it's, it's been amazing uh, to see what God has done here, to see what God is, is doing through Mark and, and the leadership team and, and all the different volunteers. I mean, it's just amazing what, what God has done Now, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, okay? I am premature, white headed but I was Mark's junior high pastor many moons ago, okay? And Davins and Daniels, and so, you know, if if you've got a problem with what they're doing, I might have had a tad bit to do with it. But if you you believe God does miracles, then God does miracles, okay? Maybe you're volunteering here in the church somewhere. And, you know, sometimes it can get frustrating working with children or working with the students. Every time you do, say, this could be a Mark, this could be a Davin, this could be a Daniel, this could be a Leah. Right? Because God is going to use all of us in certain ways to do what God wants to do. How many of you are expecting God to do something great this next year? Are you ready for that? Last week, we basically, in the last few days, last couple of weeks, we celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. That, that God basically, through the Holy Spirit, conceived within Mary, his son Jesus, to come into this world. That same Holy Spirit has conceived within you a dream, a plan. And God is waiting this next year to birth something great in you. And that's what I want you to see this morning. I want you to see that this next year can be the greatest year you've ever experienced in your life. Let me ask you a question. How many of you went on a trip? Anybody go on a trip this past, this past, last few weeks? Okay. How many of you drove? Some of you drove. Okay. Maybe some of you flew somewhere. Okay. Is that right? Maybe there's some other kind of transportation that you went in. Let me ask you a question. When you went on that trip, or you go on a trip, do you use GPS? you use GPS? Okay. How many of you just use your phone? Okay. Now, how many of you men out there, you go old school? I don't need that. I don't need that stuff. Man, I know where I'm going. You get lost. The wife knows you lost. The kids know you lost. The dogs even knows you're lost. You say, I'm not lost. I know where I'm going. You know, that's the biggest lie men tell, isn't it? I know where I'm going. What's the biggest lie women tell? It won't take long. Isn't that right? Huh? That's what it's like. Yeah. It won't take long. It's not going to cost much. This past, this time last year, we went down to Charleston. We're going down there to have a brother that lives down there. We're going to go down there to see him. And uh, we decided to go see him. And my sister is going to be down there after Christmas. And so we drove down that way and we were headed down that way and left. I don't know what time it was. A little bit before lunch. And so, Got toward Columbia and (coughs) decided we'd pull into Chick-fil-A there, get a little something to eat, and I went to Chick-fil-A. I think that was the crowdedest Chick-fil-A in South Carolina that day. It took us 25 minutes just to get through there. So we get through at (coughs) Chick-fil-A, and I'm going down the road, driving my tea. About 30 minutes down the road there, my wife says, how much longer? I kind of look at my watch, and I look up, and I said, oh, my goodness. She said, what is it? I said, we're headed to Myrtle Beach. We're supposed to be going to Charleston, but my, I had been to Myrtle Beach so many times that old truck of mine just took the exit, just headed right on to Myrtle Beach, you know? So I told my son, I said, hey, get the GPS out, son, and uh, see how we need to get down to Isle of Palms. He did, and, and we got down there and, and uh, got there, and my brother said, Moot, what took you so long? I said, oh, I just took a little detour. One of my kids to see the, you know, cotton fields and the flat lands. <laughs> my kids were like, oh, he got lost, Knox. He got lost again. Now, I said all that to say this to you this morning. There are a lot of you that have some great plans this next year. You've made some resolutions. You've even set some goals. But if you're not careful, that same thing that you've been struggling with, those old habits, that past, those conflicts, they will head you once again down the wrong path that you've always followed. And if you're not careful, you're going to miss God's plan for your life. What if this year all that could change? What if, what would happen if you started this year trusting God for the future? What would 2018 look like if you could start living out God's dream for your life? What if you could overcome those setbacks and trials and you could begin to dream again? You see, the Spirit of God wants to intersect your life and thoughts with a dream, a purpose that is designed especially for you this next year. God wants to invade your faith and your weakness with power and confidence to carry out that dream for your life. Can I ask you a question? Have you lost your dream? Are you still dreaming? Do you still believe God can do something awesome in your life? Have you let the circumstances of life, the failures, the setbacks, the broken dreams, have they caused you to quit dreaming? Maybe it was being laid off from a job. Maybe it was losing your business. Maybe it was a broken marriage. Maybe it was a child that broke your heart. It could have even been someone that you've lost and they're not here anymore. Listen to me this morning. You can overcome those setbacks and trials and dream again. You can do that. And this morning, I want to talk to you about finding God's dream in this new year. And I'm going to use the word dream to help you to remember this message so that you can apply it to your life. Will you go to prayer with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we're just asking you, Father, to continue to pour your presence down. Father, we've, we've worshiped you through music, and, and Father, we've lifted you up, and now, Father, we're just asking you to speak, Father, because I have nothing to say here, Father, without you. Father, may you speak to that person that needs to hear from you this morning. Father, that needs to, to find your dream and your purpose for their life. Father, for that person here today that may not know you, that's never let you step out of heaven into their heart, may that happen this morning. Father, we love you and we praise you and we give you the glory. In your holy name we pray, Jesus, amen. The Bible gives us some amazing roadmaps for the adventures and the detours that you're going to face in your life. If you have your copies of the scripture, maybe it's your your smartphone or you can follow us on the screen here. Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to start. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture and you may want to follow that with me. Look what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he can use or the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly your act of worship or this is the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. But watch this. But let God transform you, okay? Let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's dream for your life, God's will for your life, God's purpose for your life. Watch this, which is good and pleasing and purpose. Guys, the journey starts when you dedicate your life to Christ. That's the first part. That's the first step. Dedicate your life to Christ. What happens when you're dedicated to something? It drives your life. It's your motivation. It takes up your time, your resources. It takes up your talent. You're devoted to it. Let me ask you this morning. What are you dedicated to? What gets your dedication? Is it your career? Is it your marriage? Is it a child, a hobby, a sport? Is is it an addiction, a habit, the pursuit of material things? You see, in order to dream again, we've got to connect or reconnect to the dream maker. We can't be dedicated to everything else but God and expect God to unfold his dream for our life. This passage of scripture here, this verse, could be summed up in one word, with one word, surrender. This passage is saying God's will for your life is wrapped up in surrender. Can I tell you why we sometimes miss God's dream? We're too busy looking at everybody else instead of God. The second thing is, we have got the American dream mixed up with God's dream. We go to school to get a good education. If you get a good education, I can get a good job. If I get a good job, I can make lots of money. If I make lots of money, I can buy lots of nice things. And if I buy buy lots of nice things, then I can can impress God. Lots of people. Then what? We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. You know what happens? Yeah. And then about time we catch up with the Joneses, they refinance and the cycle has to start all over again. Doesn't it? If you want God's dream, you've got to dedicate your life to Christ. You say, well, well, well Stephen, how, what's, what, what do I do here? How do I do that? Where do I start? Look at the last part of that passage again with me. Look what it says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't buy into the American dream. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by restructuring the way you think, by reshaping the way you think. Then, watch this, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How do you learn to dream again? By changing your thought patterns. Let God transform the way you think. We start by dedicating ourselves to Christ. The next step in the process is respond to God's reshaping process. You see, the influences in your life have to change. That is the process. If you're going to find God's dream for your life next year, then you have to let the Holy Spirit of God show you the destructive influences in your life. Unless you deal with the influences, there will never be a change. You don't just change your mind. That's the outcome. You have to change what influences your mind. There is no outcome if you don't follow the process. What does the Bible say the results will be? Then you will know what God's good, perfect, and pleasing will is. Have you ever thought about how your mind works? Your mind is an amazing thing that can do some crazy stuff. You see, this morning as you came in, you've already had some thoughts. You know, I mean, you've had some different kind of thoughts here this morning. Some of you this morning when you got in here, first thing you thought, you walked in here and you thought, Did I brush my teeth? That person was acting weird toward me. Does my breast stink? You sat down and you're like, did I forget Mighty Odin, or is that the person beside me that stinks? Why am I biting my nails? Does my hair look okay? Why is that person looking at me? Do I know them? Right now, somebody's out there thinking, did I leave the oven on? Some of you young girls, you walked in here this morning and you're thinking, I wonder if he's looking at me right now. Yeah. Some of you guys on the hand, you walked in, you're thinking, I bet she's checking me out right now. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe some some of you women, you're sitting there and you're thinking, that man is sitting close to his wife. I bet he loves her more than my husband loves me. Sound familiar? You see, our patterns of thought influence our life. Suppose when you came in here this morning, someone looked at you and said, you look nice today. An optimist would think, that's a very friendly person. A narcissist would think, well, I was just thinking the same thing. Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. A pessimist would think, that person can't see. The lighting must be bad in here. Right? And a cynic would think, I bet they want something from me. They probably need somebody in the nursery today. Do you see how we do that? You see, what is in your mind affects the flow of the Spirit of God. That flow, not your circumstances, not your abilities, not your failures, affects your response and, and the outcome that you're going to have. What is influencing? Your life? What is influencing your thoughts? Look what Ephesians says about the things that influence our life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. Throw off your sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. You see, that's, that's what that throw-off means. It means disregard, get rid of those influences in your life that don't need to be there. They're corrupting you. They're corrupting your thoughts. It says they're deceiving you. But let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, change your thoughts an attitude. Every single thought in your life has the power to move you into the Holy Spirit or away from the Holy Spirit. A number of years ago, I was in college uh, out in Dallas, Texas, and just a few years ago, not too many. But, uh, you know, when you're a 1,000 miles away from home and you're a boy from Greer, South Carolina, there's some things you struggle with, okay? One of them was washing clothes, all right? I had never washed clothes in my life when I went to college. My dad sent me $20, $25 a month, I don't remember exactly how much that was, but I know one thing, I was not going to waste my money on detergent, okay? There was no sense in doing that. So if it meant taking a bar of soap and cutting the edge off of it and throw it in the washing machine, that would work. Or, you know, that was when that 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 uh, shampoo came out, gee, your hair smells terrific. You remember that stuff? Some of you are getting dated right now, aren't you? But so I thought, you know what? If this will work on my hair, I bet it'll be great for my clothes and people will say, Talbert... Gosh, your clothes smell good. So I just put some of that stuff in there. But one, one uh, Saturday or Sunday, I don't remember, we were, this guy came by and, and said something about, you know, let's, let's go eat. And so I said, all right, let me go throw these clothes in the washing machine. And I didn't have time to put any detergent or anything in there. So I just chucked them in the washing machine and, and let them sit there and, and then got back. Well, Monday morning, it got time to go to class and I realized I needed a shirt. You know, it'd been good to go, go you know, use wear a shirt at school. And uh, so I went out there and and, uh, threw my clothes in the dryer while I went to eat breakfast and came back, got them out, (coughs) threw a shirt on and got to my class. And I was sitting there in that class and I realized, I said, oh, my goodness, somebody in here is stinking. (laughs) Somebody in here has a problem. We are college students. We ought to know better than this. And, And so it was just bad. And then so I get to my next class and I get in there and some of my buddies that I played ball with are sitting there and I said, man, do you guys smell anything? They're like, yeah, man, something stinks. And I said, I know it, man. Hey, I smelled the same thing in my last class. (laughs) I did. They said, Talbert, we didn't smell it till you got in here. I said, what y'all talking about? They said, man, I'm telling you, you rank. You could bottle that stuff, dude. So I did like this, I'm like, Oh, no. My clothes had soured. And I had to sit there through that whole class smelling like that, realizing it was me, you know. I wasn't really representing Greer too well. (laughs) Listen to me this morning. To renew your mind means you have to refresh your mind. You can't just make a decision and think life's going to go perfect. You have to take action. You have to apply God's word. You have to be part of the church. You have to spend time in prayer. You need to be fellowshipping with other believers. You need to be connected in a group. You see, transformation leads to a new perspective. You see, when the Holy Spirit of God changes your mind, it leads to a new perspective, and that new perspective leads you to change the influences in your life. That leads to a step of faith, and instead of just making a resolution this next year, what if you expected God to do something supernatural in your life? That's the next step. That's the next step to having an awesome year is expect God to do something supernatural in your life this next year. A lot of you probably know the story of the prodigal son. It's 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 a, a great story in the Bible. And and when the prodigal came home, the father told the servant, he says, Go kill the fatted calf. That's what the servant did. Now listen to me this morning. God has a fatted calf for you, but let me tell you what you're doing. You're settling for a skinny goat. Let me tell you something. God has a fatted calf. Don't settle for the skinny goat this year. Expect God to do something supernatural in your life. A number of years ago, I was at a church and, and I was praying for God to do something supernatural there with the students. And, and there was a, a teen center that was opened up in the area and it was having all kinds of problems. It was a, 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 a place that even had a shooting over there. And I began to pray. I said, God, I'd like that place. God, will you give me that place? And I began to pray about it. And I told some other people about it. And And basically, in a few weeks, that place shut down. So I went to the owner of that building. I would prayed about it. I told the church about it and the staff. And I went to him and I said, listen, can I tell you what I'd like to do with that building over there? He said, yeah, you can tell me. I said, I'd like to build a really great student center over there. He said, well, tell me what you want to do with it. I said, I want to put an indoor skateboard park. I want to put a stage in it. I want to put a coffee shop. I want to put pool tables, ping pong tables. I want it to be a place where the community, the teenagers in this area can come and hang out in a safe environment. He said, that's what you want to do? And I said, yeah. And I said, I don't have much money. He said, okay, I'll give it to you. I said, do what? <laughs> well, what do you mean by give it to you? He said, it's yours. If you will do what you said you'll do, you can have that building. Guys, it was 20,000 square feet on 385. So we began to ask God to help us to, to, to fund that place. In about six weeks, we were able to open that place up. The next Sunday, I began to share with the church about what we were going to do and what we needed and, and all these different things. And the guy that was sitting over here about on the third row, he almost ran up to me after the service. He said, I want to be involved in that thing. I said, really? He said, yeah. He says, I can build skateboard ramps. I, I couldn't, I didn't have a clue how to skateboard. I just knew that was in. I wanted him to do it, okay? I'd, br- I'd mess this big nose up if I tried to, do- to get on the skateboard. And so I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I know how to do it. And he said, there's only a problem. I said, what's that? He said, I hadn't been saved but a few weeks. And he said, I live about 30 miles from here with another family because I was homeless. And he said, but I'd really love to help you. I said, I'll get back with you. That next week, I called that guy, and we went to lunch. I said, were you serious about that? He said, yeah, man. He said, I need something to keep me busy. He said, the only problem I have is I don't know how I get there. I said, I got that problem solved. It's got an air-conditioned room. It's got a bathroom and a shower. You can live in that building if you'll do what you said you'll do. He built those ramps. God brought all kinds of people involved. It was basically totally volunteer led. And all of a sudden, not just the church got involved in it, but people in the community wanted to be a part of doing something in the lives of teenagers. We had a, had a stage there. We, had a, we could do concerts to have five or 600 people. The drummer here was telling me today, he used to play there, that place. Kids would come. It was the largest indoor skateboard park in South Carolina. And he was God's. Expect God to do something supernatural. Expect God to do something supernatural in your career. Do you hate what you're doing? Expect God to do something supernatural in it. Start loving it and ask God to give you a passion for something. And he may do that. Expect God to do something here in this church. Are you really expecting God to bust these walls down here? Are you really? Expect God to do something supernatural here. Expect God to do something through Pastor Mark. Pray for him every day and say, God, do so much through him, we can't even contain it. Now, if he gets much more hyper, I don't know what we can stand it, okay? (laughs) But let's pray for that. Expect God to do something in your health. Expect God to do something in your relationships. Girls, guys, you want to date, pray that God will bring somebody into your life. And when the Antichrist comes along, don't, don't, you know, get involved with him or her. You know, the teenager says, so I need somebody to date. And the Antichrist comes along, and, oh, he's just so great. <laughs> Parents, listen to me. Expect God to do something in that child of yours that you've almost given up on. It's never too late. God can restore and bring back that relationship you so long for. Students, listen to me this morning. Expect God to do something in your parents. That mom or dad that's away from God, that mom or dad that you've prayed for so long, expect God to intervene in their life. Quit settling for skinny goats. <laughs> expect God to do something. Dedicate your life to Christ, respond to God's refresh, reshaping. Expect God to do something supernatural in your life then activate your god-given gifts and abilities activate your god-given gifts and abilities you see god is going to do something supernatural through how he's gifted you look at look at romans chapter 12 verse 6 again with me in his grace god has given us different gifts for doing certain things well So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Some of you may think, Stephen, I can't speak, I can't say. Everybody here can encourage somebody else because we all need encouragement. You can start right there. But if your gift is serving others, serve others well. If it's teaching, teach. If it is giving, give generously. If God is giving you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Some of you sitting out there, you're the kindest person in the world. And you never realize that is a gift from God that's just as important as the gift I have or the gift Mark has. God will do the supernatural in your life through an area that you're gifted. Who knows that one day you may show kindness to somebody and they want to know where that kindness comes from and they find the source of your kindness in Jesus Christ. God has given each of us special gifts. Start activating those gifts. That's what God wants to do through you. God wants to use you exactly where you're gifted. There's a story I came across a number of years ago that I love to tell. It's about a guy by the name of Larry Walker. Some of you may have heard the story. It happened a number of years ago. True story. Larry Walker was a truck driver from California. And he used to sit in his backyard with a bunch of his other friends, and they would sit around in their lounge chairs and and drink their six packs. That's what they do every single Saturday. But they kind of were getting bored in life, and Larry was getting bored just being a truck driver. And so he decided <clears throat> that basically he would begin to do something with life. So he got some weather balloons, okay, 40 weather balloons and tied them to a lounge chair. And he thought that what he would do, he would ascend about 100 feet up into the air, okay? But remember I told you that Larry was a truck driver, not an engineer, The way the story goes, instead of ascending 100 feet into the air, he ascended 11,000 feet into the air. True story. He was so scared they'd given him a BB gun to shoot the balloons out, but it happened so fast he was scared to do it. The story goes that an airline pilot looked out the window, got on the intercom and said, if you look out your left side, there is a man at 11,000 feet sitting on a lounge chair. If I'd been in that plane, I would have said, thank you, Jesus, this must be what heaven's like right here. <laughs> the pilot went on the, inter- went on the radio and radioed the tower and said there's a man at 11,000 feet sitting in a lounge chair tied to balloons. The radio tower said, let me speak to the co-pilot. They thought he's crazy. co-pilot said, confirmed. <laughs> For three hours, they had to divert planes, do all kind of stuff to get this guy back down to ground. When he got there, he got arrested. The police handcuffed him. And before they took him away, they let him him answer a few questions to a reporter. The first question was asked, were you scared? He said, yes. Second question was, would you ever do that again? He said, no. The third question was, why in the world did you do it in the first place? And listen to his classic response. There comes a time in life when you can't just sit there. Listen to me this morning, church. It's time for you not to just sit there. It's time for every single one of you here to find God's gift in your life and begin to use it here and begin to do what God wants to do through you. Take a step of faith. Take a step of faith and trust God with your resources and start tithing, start giving to God. Take a step of faith and start that business. Take a step of faith and volunteer for a ministry here or maybe start a new ministry here that God has laid on your heart. Take a step of faith and move past that broken relationship that's held you back. Dedicate your life to Christ. Respond to God's reshaping process activate your spiritual life your spiritual gifts make Jesus, here's the last thing make Jesus the greatest influence of your life this next year make Jesus Christ the greatest influence of your life this next year look what Philippians 2, 4 and 5 says here's how you do that each of you should not look unto his own interests, but also to the interest of others and here it is listen to this let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know what the literal translation of that verse is? Be ye minded as Jesus. Be ye minded as Jesus. If you want to find God's dream for your life this next year, be ye minded like Jesus. Let that be your prayer every single day. Let that be the prayer for your children. Let that be the prayer for your friends. Be ye minded like Jesus. For some of you this morning, there's a barrier there. There's been a barrier in your life for a long time. And that barrier keeps you from being like-minded. For maybe a lot of you here this morning, that barrier is your past. That barrier, something stupid that you did maybe a long time ago. That barrier has kept God from being the greatest influencer in your life because everywhere you turn, that barrier keeps popping up. Satan keeps throwing that barrier at you. Listen to me this morning. You can change all that. The Bible says in Philippians this one thing I do is forget the past and press toward the mark of the high calling of Christ. I'm challenging you this year, forget the past. Forget that barrier. God is taking care of that. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the barrier. For some of you here this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's the barrier. That's what you've got to deal with. You've got to get rid of that to let that go so that God's plan can unfold in your life and that dream that you've been searching for will begin to give birth. And then there's a second group here this morning. You've never let Jesus Christ step out of heaven and step into your heart. You know about God You've heard about God, and you've possibly even been searching for God. But He's not the greatest influence in your life because you don't know Him. You don't have a relationship with Him. He's not your Savior. He's not your Lord. This morning, the best way for you to begin that new year is let Jesus step out of heaven and step into here. Confess those sins. Say, say, Jesus, I know you died for me and you rose again. And I know you're going to step into my life. And I love you, Jesus. And and I want that relationship with you, Father. I want to move from these barriers. I want you to be the greatest influence in my life. I'm tired of the life I've been living. Jesus, will you come into my heart? Will you bow your heads with me this morning? I don't want anybody looking around, just me this morning. Let me ask you a question. Were you part of that first group where you'd say, Preacher, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ but I, I before I can ever have the kind of year that you're talking about I've got to deal with that barrier that's in my life I need to let it go today I need to let the Spirit of God reshape my thinking process and take that away from me if you're here in that situation this morning will you look up at me real quickly and just let me see you will you look up at me I see you all over the place right here I see you thank you over here I see you thank you so much thank you give that to God right here today right there in your seat say God I'm giving you this. God, take that barrier from me, Father. And then I want to ask another group that I said here this morning. You've never let Jesus Christ step into your heart. You say, say preacher, I realize today that's the void. I don't know, I don't know Christ. I'm, I feel hopeless. There, there's a void in, in the pit of my soul. And I need Jesus to fill that void. If you need that to happen today, would you look up at me real quickly and just put your eyes back down? I see that. Anybody else? Anybody? Look up at me. Some of you I maybe can't see. If I don't look at you, just put your hand up at me real quick. Just put your hand up if I don't see you this morning. Anybody here? You say, I need, need Jesus. Just step out of heaven into my heart. Anybody here? Anyone here this morning? Thank you so much, Father? Thank you for being here with us today. Father, thank you for your presence, Father. Thank you for the dream that you give us. Father, you didn't put us here on earth just to to exist, Father, but you gave us a purpose, Father God. And may that purpose be birthed in every single one of us this next year at Four Points Church. We love you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray, amen.